Welcome to the Make Think podcast series, where we aim to nurture future-focused education and support individuals and teams seeking a continuous approach to learning. Today, we have another incredible educator for you to listen to, um, a gentleman by the name of Brad Wade, who is an emerging technology expert from North America. He uh, lives in Michigan, but travels the world and shares stories, looks for stories to learn about, and then shares those stories with people all around the world about AI, um, AR, MR, VR, machine learning, anything to do with emerging technology. And he's one of those really amazing educators that shares his story across all of his social media channels, all of his blogs. Uh, He's somebody that I've had the pleasure of meeting in real life a year ago at a conference, at our um, conference last year on the Gold Coast. And he's someone that's coming down to talk at Make Think Spark again this year at our conference in July. So really looking forward to spending some time talking to him today about everything to do with emerging technology. So let's get Brad on the line. Thanks for your time today. And I know we're talking at the moment with you all the way over in uh, sunny Michigan. I think it's uh, summertime over there for you. So it'd be nice to get out of the, the wintry cold. Over here on the Gold Coast, it's a really freezing 15, 16 degrees. That's about as cold as it gets over here. <laughs> it's nice over there. Even your winter is very nice. So, yes, it's summertime here in Michigan right now. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you for your time today, mate. It's great to catch up again. Um, I'm wondering, oh, my pleasure. It's so good to see you. I wonder if you can just fill us in really quickly with your sort of travels over the last few weeks, months. You're almost a professional speaker these days <laughs> that's traveling the world. What are the latest things you've been up to? Oh, yes. I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot of domestic travel right now here in the U.S. I'm meeting with a lot of uh, people in education. I'm getting their stories on innovation. I've been traveling to see a lot of different professors, superintendents, teachers, technology directors. Uh, so I'm on a plane Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of every week right now. And what I'm doing is I'm going to, if I hear about good stories, about where people are being innovative, and by innovative, I mean, basically, my qualification is technology and education, how they're leveraging um, technology to make a difference with kids. So what I've been doing for the last couple months is flying to go see these amazing individuals, get their story, learn about what they're doing, and get familiar with it so I can share best practices, if you will, as I go on my travels anywhere around the world. Awesome. So is there a really cool story you can share with us, Brad, of something that you've seen in the last few months that you've thought that's that's really cool? Yeah. So one of the cool things I saw recently was there is a professor at Drake University, which is a university in Iowa, the state of Iowa here in the United States, And what she's doing, she has uh, something called a Z-Space Lab. Z-Space is a company out of California that has augmented reality monitors and laptops, and they have a lot of curriculum. What she has been doing, she has been doing uh, using the anatomy part with her anatomy and physiology students, and she's specifically a sports medicine professor. So we call it a physio. You call it a physio over there. Yep. so I went out to see her and her students are being uh, are so successful that she ended up writing her own textbook and curriculum. And she uses the whole Z-Space monitor where students put on glasses and they interact dissecting the human body. Uh, and she uh, works specifically with knee injuries, uh, torn ligaments and you know Achilles tendons and different things like that. So 
I went out and to see her. Her name is Megan Brady, and she is just really revolutionizing um, how you check for Achilles issues, Achilles injuries, because most students don't get a live participant to to see what it feels like. So mm. what she did is she has a lab where they can see it, but she also built this artificial leg with tendons in it that simulates an Achilles uh, injury. And it's incredible. It's the only one that at least we know of in the United States. So I got to check out, it's, it's now out of the prototype stage. So she's using the latest in technology, using this Z-Space lab. So students can see all the muscles, the tendons, the leg, work with it. But then she also has this physical, like a mannequin leg with tendons where students can feel what an Achilles tear feels like. And it's absolutely incredible. She's doing some wow. great work. So that was one of the coolest things I've done just in the last few weeks. Awesome. It was So that was at a, at a tertiary university sort of level? Yes, it was. Yes. So she's uh, these students that work with her are either going to get their master's in sports medicine or they're going to go work on their PhDs and go to medical school. Awesome. Wow. And is there anything in a sort of more of a secondary high school level that you've seen in the last few months that educators might be able to sort of check out for themselves? Yes, another one. Uh, this will be because I've been doing a lot with I've been following this Z space uh, technology lately. And I found uh, there are some schools here. It's called CTE is the acronym for career and technology education. Uh, it's where we, you know, we learn to do welding, where we learn to do robotics, air conditioning, heating, engineering, yep. anything like that. And so there's uh, some cool ones there where you can program robots now and you can also do welding. Um, I actually, I got a hold of some of this equipment and I'm going to bring some of it down there with me. Uh, it's really cool because it's hands-on and you can actually like use this welding torch. It's obviously not a real uh, burning welding torch, but when you have the glasses on, it seems like you're actually welding and you can actually go and see how well you did. You can see your welding seam. And then another part of that is you can go in and program a robotic arm, which is really cool. So a lot of really neat innovations going on right now. Yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. And I know that you're somebody that really likes to live in this world of using AI and the power of AI moving forward. I know a year ago we were talking about big data or big – that word data, as Americans would say. Uh, <laughs> You know, recently I heard a, a Dr. David Kellerman speak two weeks ago at the National Microsoft Forum that I was at, and it was incredible the way that he was using an AI learning bot in a back channel um, where in the Microsoft mm -hmm. Office 365 suite, he had set up this bot that students were actually engaging with when they couldn't talk to him face to face. Now, educators would hear that and I know some people are going to be scared by that and what's coming over the next few years. What sort of advice can you give to that educator about AI, big data and how that's going to change things moving forward? Uh, Darren, that's a great question and I actually do an entire keynote on this exact topic because you said it so well. Educators hear about AI and artificial intelligence, and some of them get nervous or they get scared on like, what does that mean? Well, here's the reality of it. All of us right now, it, let's look at AR, augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, mixed reality, machine learning, artificial intelligence. Out of those five emerging technologies, 
every single one of us is influenced and shaped more by artificial intelligence than any of the others right now. Simple thing to think about is right now, all of our phones and mobile devices are using AI right now, and they assist us every day, all day. And most of the times we don't even think about it. Yeah. Our phones are predicting where we are heading. They're getting our maps ready. They're giving mm. us the quickest routes. They know what day of the week it is. They understand where we're going. Think about this. Different AI platforms like Alexa and Siri and Echo and all of those different things. Those are things that exist that everybody understands. Yep. Now, let's just move it one to two years forward because we already have – different avatars that we create we already have avatars for different things we create online for ourselves we are getting to a time now where students are going to be able to get assistance by artificial intelligence basically they're going to be able to start saying things just how we say right now hey siri can you give me this or play this students already have this capability at their fingertips to get information and and ask information so we are moving into this time where artificial intelligence is now starting to assist assist ourselves, our teachers, and our students in education. It's becoming natural. You ask any 10-year-old or 12-year-old, they know how to use artificial intelligence, and they are comfortable with it. Mm. We're not talking right now about robots taking over the world. What we're talking about is harnessing the power and the technology of artificial intelligence that we already have available to us. It is another tool. Now, there's so many advanced things you can do, but just the simple fact, thinking that AI and artificial intelligence is just like when an iPad was introduced or a mobile device or a Chromebook or a whiteboard or a chalkboard, whatever. It is now simply just another tool at our fingertips that is going to assist our students in their learning. Yeah, I think it's really important that you just said that we need to look at it as just a tool, something that can sit there seamlessly in the background and almost be invisible. Um, Absolutely. As you said, if you have a, a Google Home or an Amazon Echo or something like that in your house right now, you're already living in that world. Absolutely, absolutely right. And so what I always talk to educators about is let's be realistic. Let's not look five years out. Let's think about what's happening right now and then get to a place we know what's coming in the next year or two. And it's going to be another wonderful tool to assist educators in our system to help students learn. I don't think any educator would say it would be a bad thing if we could leverage AI to do really, really simple tasks like help mark an exam and give us more time back to actually feed back to our students to improve the learning cycle. Absolutely. And you said that the key term is time. You know, some of the more mundane tasks that we are asked to do as educators, that is now going to be assisted by artificial intelligence it's going to be assisting students in more mundane tasks, which gives me or the educator more face time with the student because we are the ones that understand the students. We can read emotions on the face. We can help assist them to where they are becoming directors of their own learning. We can be more individualized. So it's actually leveraging a very excellent technology to make learning even more personal. Yeah, and and I think I'm also sitting here thinking about a student that has some learning difficulties or or a learning support part of the paradigm. 
it must be something that can help us as educators support that, that differentiation to allow every student to learn in their own way. Uh, it, it's whether it's setting up a unique study pack for the student because it's learnt that the student learns in a particular way. You, you nailed it. That's exactly right. And that's where, so artificial intelligence, what goes hand in hand with artificial intelligence is machine learning. Machine learning is a, is a type of artificial intelligence. Machine learning, like you just mentioned, Darren, is when a machine like a phone or a tablet or mobile device can start to learn the habits and um, habits of a student and learning styles will be able to start assisting that student in a way, just like a teacher would start learning different habits and different um, strategies and different scenarios that will help a student with their learning. So the machine learning and artificial intelligence will help make learning even more personal to the individual student. Yeah, awesome. Can't wait. This podcast is brought to you by the Make Things Spark Conference, held between July 10th to July 12th, 2019. Want to learn more about how to engage with future-focused learning? Jump on to makethink.com.au for more information. talked earlier about sort of AR, VR, MR, you threw a lot of these acronyms out there. And you, I know you always put that under that larger umbrella of emerging technology. Uh, what's something at the moment that you think teachers could be leveraging right now in their classrooms, not in two years time, but, but what's something from that emerging technology field right now that you think is, is something that teachers can really use to help improve the learning? Um, is it AR, MR, VR, or does it not matter? Is it just about grabbing something and learning how to use it and leverage it in your classroom? You know what? Just like you just said, it any one of those, you know, one of the big, the hardest things for teachers is to find a place to start or find something that they're comfortable with. Because if I throw five things out, they might say, well, I don't know where to start or I don't know which one. So it really is, it might be, AR, augmented reality for some teacher, it might be VR for another. It might be social emotional learning in virtual reality for a special education teacher, helping students deal with social emotional issues, empathy, different things like that. It might be harnessing AR to the masses by you know deploying a mobile device to every student and creating a chemistry experience and having students doing a virtual lab in a matter of minutes, which is safer than a traditional lab. If you don't, you know, we can now handle mercury and different things like that in mm. a virtual lab that we cannot, at least in the U.S., we cannot handle mercury in the school systems anymore. We can work in a virtual or an augmented setting now for chemical reactions. We can see how chemicals react every day. Now we can put them together, do the compounds, see what the what the, what the makeup is and see how they react. It might be simply just leveraging, saying we're going to incorporate AI in our classroom. I want every student to incorporate it you know, twice in the week. So really the individual emerging technology, it doesn't matter which one, but there are so many out there. Every teacher needs to take a chance, take an opportunity to try one of them and find out a best way to leverage it for them because at the end of the day, it needs to make sense for that teacher in that learning environment with those students. So what I'm hearing from you is just start somewhere. Yes, 
Absolutely. Now, if there are individuals who are listening to this, please reach out to me and say, well, you know, Brad, this is what I'm doing. Here's what I teach. This is my age of students. What would you recommend? I can absolutely recommend something. But the like you said, I would love to reiterate, just start somewhere because the technologies out there are absolutely amazing and they're there to help you and assist you and make a difference and even more of a difference in your classroom to to enhance the great work you're already doing. You mentioned that word empathy there a minute ago. If we're talking about something like well-being, that as a you know that culture of well-being within a learning community, can this emerging technology even support well-being of our students? It can, and that's really when you would get into the virtual reality. Uh, that one is great for well-being and things like empathy getting in someone else's shoes, understanding culture, understanding social situations, understanding walking in someone else's shoes. Uh, It's absolutely incredible what we are able to do in a virtual setting now. The technology is getting better every day. The hardware, the software is improving all the time. We can now get into uh, the economics are getting better. You can get into virtual reality for just a few Australian dollars. You can go high end for a few more. Um, It's incredible what we are able to do these days. So yes, it can help with well-being, empathy, all kinds of uh, scenarios like that. And do you think this is going to be changing the way that universities look at training our pre-service teachers and our educators coming through? Do, Do teachers really need to have these skills before they get into the classroom now as we move forward? Yes, and the the key word you used is training. Uh, We have to get our pre-service teachers exposed to so much that is out there now. And the good good universities and the good programs will give our new pre-service teachers that exposure of understanding. We still have to understand all of our traditional stuff, but we do need to give them exposure and training on a lot of these new technologies. Because at the end of the day, those teachers have to go out to a classroom and they have to assess the situation with their students, their environment, their situation, their culture, and know what are all the different options I have and which ones will be the best ones for me to employ in my classroom, in my situation, to engage students at the highest level possible. So yes, it's going to be very, very important and critical to give our pre-service student teachers that exposure. Brad, this all sounds amazing, but I sit here thinking about the idea of, of educational equity for all. And, and are we talking about just the privileged few or how do we really work with what we're talking about here in those disadvantaged countries around the world or areas around the world? You live you know, in America, it's a really, really sparse country and I'm sure it's not you know, the same demographic right across your country. How do we access this sort of technology or or leverage this technology when we're working in an environment where we we don't have that privilege of having lots of money to spend? Right. So that's that's a great question. And I've been lucky enough to work with an organization for the last two years on this exact area, Darren. It's called the Digital Citizenship Institute, and it's out of the Boston area. It's, um, it's out of the New England area in the United States. That's the Digital Citizenship Institute. And their biggest thing is access for all. 
they've worked in places like Nigeria, Laos, uh, all over the world, and I've been able to work with them as well. And I'll be working on a panel with them at ISTE in a couple weeks, which is the you know the international educational technology conference here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what we're trying to do is create access for all. And so every every situation is different. There are many different things that all of us can do in different ways to get access. The first thing that we're talking about is getting access to a network, you know, whether it's Wi-Fi, something like that, internet. Uh, you have to think some of the third world countries jumped and leapfrogged things like wired telephones. They went from no telephones to all of a sudden now we have data, Wi-Fi, wireless, digital. And so now one of the things that we're finding, like I know in India, I'm working with them in India as well, because what we have found out is there are students in India that have access. They have Wi-Fi and data, but they don't have necessarily the devices. So working with other companies and organizations to get old cell phones, to get old devices, to get old iPads and get that. So those students have access because all of the towers are in the area, but they just need the devices. Mm. So it's a matter of understanding where you are in the world, what the access is, and then taking that next step, whether it's going to industry, going to you know the retail markets, going to the community and getting mobile devices or phones to get that access. Because some, some students are just getting access to internet now, which is a, such a powerful learning uh, tool for students to get a hold of. So different things like AR, once they have access, AR is the quickest and the easiest one of all of the technologies we talked about today. I can get students on augmented reality as long as they've got access in the device and we can change their learning opportunity in a matter of moments. So access for all is very close to me and very close to my heart. And I'd love to have more conversations with people who are trying to get more access to more students. And can people reach out to you, Brad, if we have people listening that um, are working with organizations that can potentially get you some products, et cetera? Are you someone that people can reach out to? Absolutely. I would encourage that. If anybody uh, wants to do some work together or has companies that want to work together, please get a hold of me. You can uh, go on the internet, find me at techbradwade, that's W-A-I-D. Just search me, find me on any social media platform that you are comfortable with. Uh, find me, please. Yes, please reach out to me. Well done, getting a little plug in for yourself. That was great work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so what's next for you, Brad? The next few weeks. Uh, the next few weeks. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm traveling to three locations, getting some three three great stories of uh, superintendents, school executives leveraging technology. So I'll do that for the next three days: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then I'll be in Philadelphia next week for ISTE, uh, doing a panel for the Digital Citizenship Institute with them on inclusion and access for all. And then I'll be home for a few days before I head down to Australia, and I'm excited about that. Awesome. So you're coming down here to attend the MakeThink uh, conference that we have in July, MakeThink Spark. Um, it's going to be awesome to have you back again. You were here last year, and you were a massive hit. And I know people are really looking forward to you coming back again. Uh, you're one of the most um, Australian Americans I've ever met. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That is a very high compliment. Thank you so much. <laughs> so it'll be nice to have you down again. Um, well, 
I'm honored. Thank you for having me again. I will come back anytime and every time. So thank you. Mate, it's been a pleasure to catch up and talk to you again. So thank you so much for your time. I know that if um, educators are listening, that they've definitely got someone that they can reach out to and that will support them. Um, Absolutely. And is, it, is there a particular social platform that you use or it doesn't really matter to you how people reach out? Uh, they can use any one that they are comfortable with, but the one I am most on uh, for conversations and professionally would be Twitter. So you could find me at Tech Brad Wade at you know at Tech Brad Wade on Twitter. Just search yep. me. Uh, but whatever they're most comfortable with, I will respond on any platform they find me. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today, Brad. I really, really appreciate it. And looking forward to seeing you down here in July at Make Think Spark. Well, thank you, Darren. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to see everybody in Oz. Thank you so much. The pleasure is mine. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. It was great just listening to uh, Brad Wade speak there for about 20 minutes or so on emerging technology. Uh, Brad's not so well known in the Southern Hemisphere, but if you talk to an educator in the Northern Hemisphere, Brad is very much a, a guru, the person that people go to to talk about emerging technology. And, and what I loved from that podcast was the way that he picked up on the fact that uh, well-being, empathy, access are really at the core of what emerging technology are all about. Uh, it's not just tech for tech's sake. But how do you use this technology to be a seamless part of learning and a seamless part of supporting uh, pillars of what we really look at here in Australia um, as leading education forward, these, these pillars of um, well-being and access for all. So that was probably something that I really, really appreciated him touching on. Um, it's nice too to know that Brad's someone that will really reach out and support. He has somebody in the last 12 months that when I've asked for an idea or where to go to, someone that's always got back within a really short period of time. Um, so I would encourage listeners to reach out, to hit him up on Twitter or any of the social channels that he is on, because he's definitely one of those world leaders that does spend time trying to interact with people that reach out. Um, as I said right at the start, he's pretty much a professional speaker these days, um, but he loves to sit down while he's waiting for a plane flight or something for a couple of hours and, and really touch base with those people that are asking questions, asking for support. Uh, so I really recommend people that are, are new to the emerging technology field to, to reach out and, and talk to Brad because I know he's someone that will get back to you. So um, again, if people are coming along, they want to hear more, learn more, um, it's, it's, not, it's very rare to have that opportunity to work with somebody like Brad for an entire day. So he'll be running a masterclass at the Make Think Spark conference in July. So after the, the whole day conference on Thursday, he will run a masterclass on Friday the 12th of July, where he will really go deep around emerging technology and the different assets of emerging technology, AI and machine learning. And it'll be a really hands-on experience for educators where you can learn more about how to leverage those sort of technologies and, and get that learning happening in the classroom through engagement with students. So I really encourage people that are really starting out or somebody that's been in this field for a long time to, to get along and, and work with Brad on that day. The masterclasses will be specifically kept to minimum numbers, so it's a really nice experience for attendees. And I know that's something that people will really value for a long time to work with a real world leader and somebody that we don't get access to in Australia all the time. So that was another podcast from our Make Think podcast series. Thank you for listening once again. Um, and look for more details of our podcasts at www.makethink.com 
www.ecomm.com.au. We look forward to bringing some more world-class speakers to you in the future. Bye. This is a Poly Studios production.